1: NASCAR Grassroots Racing is full throttle every week on Flow Racing, where you can stream over 1,300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage. Subscribe to Flow today to see NASCAR legends past, present, and future go head-to-head with hometown heroes at tracks like Bowman Gray, Meridian, south boston and more find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go mrn that's flowracing.com forward slash
2: go mrn the following is a production of the motor racing network the voice of nascar the motor racing network presents
3: nascar live kyle bush already through turn four making the downhill run through the chute headed for turn seven six truck lengths to the good zane smith running out of time pedaling hard but kyle bush still in complete command as he hits for the s's
1: zane smith strong off of turn number seven eats up a couple of truck lengths but it's still kyle bush comfortably up front through the s's down the hill final time that is turn number eight the left-hander now through turn number nine approaching the fast
4: turn number ten right-hander here comes zane smith May run out of time, though, as they head to turn 11 under braking for the final time. Kyle Busch and the purple Yahoo Toyota slams on the brakes. No smoke from the Goodyear tires. Smooth off turn number 11 through the gearbox one more time. Heads for the left-hand kink, turn number 12. Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Busch wins the DoorDash 250 at Sonoma Raceway.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit Toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
5: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew reunited with you yet again and coming off of a huge win for Daniel Suarez and track house racing over the weekend at the Sonoma Raceway on the show today, we're going to walk through Daniel's road to victory in NASCAR. The NASCAR cup series is off this weekend. So is the NASCAR Xfinity series, but it'll be the NASCAR camping world truck series taking center stage and headed to the legendary Knoxville raceway. Aaron Evernham will provide a description of the importance and the history of that legendary track. Speaking of the truck series, their playoffs will begin in four weeks, and we're going to get a check of where things stand for their playoff picture. Speaking of the truck series, Matt Benedetto, who's trying to get into playoff territory, will join us. We'll check in with Matt coming out of Sonoma and getting ready for Knoxville this weekend. Father's Day weekend is coming up. We'll celebrate the father-son racing duos in NASCAR, plus a whole lot more. But first, Jason Toy is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Jason, what do you have for us?
6: Thanks, Mike. Great news for the NASCAR community as the Clash in Los Angeles gets renewed for 2023. The non-Points Cup race that starts the season will be back at the quarter-mile bull ring inside the L.A. Coliseum. Positive feedback from industry partners and fans gives NASCAR's senior vice president of racing development and strategy Ben Kennedy confidence that the Clash is a sustainable event for the future of the sport. Um,
4: and I think the racing product certainly didn't disappoint. Um, between the heat races, last chance race, the main event, um, really just a, a fun day overall, and uh, you know, really a, an easy decision for us to go back in 2023.
6: As we go back to the Peach State of Georgia in July, NASCAR has some new rule changes for the mile-and-a-half racetrack. Atlanta will adopt the Super Speedway qualifying procedures. There'll be no practice, and qualifying will be a two-round single-car event. And finally, the truckers of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series are embarking on a journey back to the dirt. The world-famous Knoxville Raceway is the venue for round 13 of the season. There'll be a couple of dirt ringers like USAC Midget Champion Buddy Kofoy, late-model veteran Tyler Carpenter, and dirt-model Racer Jessica Friesen that will try to take on the truck regulars this weekend at Knoxville. You can join us to catch all the action this Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for the Clean Harbors 150 exclusively on the Motor Racing Network. Mike,
5: thank you, Jason. Coming up, Chris Wilner leads us through Daniel Suarez's NASCAR Road to Victory over the years, and later, Aaron Abernham is here with the history of Knoxville Raceway. Sir.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Daniel Suarez made history in Sonoma this past weekend, scoring his first win in the NASCAR Cup Series and becoming the first Mexican-born driver to win a cup race. Daniel's journey to victory hasn't been the easiest path, though. Chris Wilner is here to take us down memory lane and revisit the ups and downs of Daniel's journey.
7: On Sunday, Daniel Suarez made history when he became the first Mexican-born driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race. The win came in the 195th career start for Suarez, it's been a long road to finally find victory lane. Suarez began kart racing in 2002 at just 10 years old. In 2010, Suarez made the jump to the NASCAR Mexico Series, where he won Rookie of the Year as a teenager. The next year, Suarez began racing periodically in the United States. He participated in the All-Star Showdown at Irwindale Speedway, and raced part-time in the then-NASCAR K&N E-Series. In 2013 and 14, he raced full-time in that series for Rev Racing, and that is where he caught the eye of Joe Gibbs Racing. In 2014, Daniel made his Xfinity Series debut for JGR at Richmond, and later that year, it was announced that he would join the organization for a full-time schedule in 2015 as well as driving part-time in the Truck Series for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Suarez didn't find Victory Lane, but narrowly beat out Bubba Wallace for the NASCAR Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year title in 2015. The next year was time for Suarez to break through. That summer at Michigan International Speedway, Suarez found Victory Lane for the first time by passing one of the best ever on the final lap.
3: Suarez is there! He beats Kyle Busch to the line!
6: Daniel Suarez trying to take the lead into turn one!
7: Side by side for the
5: lead and the win for the final time in Michigan into turns one and two! It's Suarez by a half a car length! Suarez across the nose of Kyle Busch! Suarez goes for the lead
4: and takes it off two! But here's Kyle Busch! He'll rally back on the outside! Cuts back in line! Tries to draft down the back stretch! Into turn three! No lap traffic! It's. Dan Daniel Suarez now riding in the middle of the racetrack. Kyle Busch, a car length off the back bumper. Daniel Suarez,
6: two car lengths over Kyle Busch. He's come to America from Mexico, and Daniel Suarez wins for the first time in the NASCAR Xfinity
7: Series by two car lengths over teammate Kyle Busch. That win helped Suarez secure a playoff spot that season, and he would advance to the championship four at Homestead Miami Speedway while on that road to the championship Suarez also still competed in the truck series scoring his first victory in that series at Phoenix. Suarez followed that up by winning a thrilling championship race the next week at Homestead.
4: Daniel Suarez back to turn number three again, choosing to run in the middle of the racetrack, all by himself, looking for the checkers and a championship.
1: Daniel Suarez brings his Toyota
4: off from turn number
1: four, flashes down the front straightaway. Daniel Suarez wins the Ford
8: EcoBoost 300 and he wins the 2016 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. It doesn't feel real right now. Having my mom here, my dad, Everyone that has been on my supporting me. He just doesn't feel real.
7: Suarez was on top of the world, but it was expected that he would remain in the Xfinity Series with Joe Gibbs Racing's all-star lineup of drivers. But all of that changed when Carl Edwards made the shocking announcement.
5: And after Homestead, I had some time to sit, think, and reflect about all this. And for those three reasons that I, that I gave you, I thought, man, it just, I can't come up with a good reason why now isn't a good time.
7: After that announcement, Suarez was pegged by Joe Gibbs to take over for Edwards in the 19 car for the Cup Series in 2017. This is amazing.
8: Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be in this position right now. Uh, it's been a, it's been an amazing uh, time. Uh, I just, it's, it's hard to believe that uh, that I'm in this position. We started all this dream 10 years ago at NASCAR and right now to be in this position to be on this opportunity is just something amazing for, for me and for everyone that has been uh, helping me, uh, of course. Um, I know that uh, that uh, won't be easy. We have a lot to work. I have a lot to learn, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that couldn't couldn't happen in a, in a very situation.
7: Suarez spent two years in the NASCAR Cup Series for JGR, most notably scoring a pole in second place finish at Pocono in 2018. But after the 2018 season, Furniture Row Racing shut down and needed a seat for former series champion Martin Truex Jr. Suarez was the odd man out, and Truex moved into the 19. However, Suarez was able to land on his feet and moved to Stuart Haas Racing's 41 car after Kurt Busch departed that ride to head to Chip Ganassi Racing. Suarez had mixed results at SHR. He scored 11 top 10 finishes, including finishing third at both Texas races, The playoff once again proved elusive, though, as Suarez finished 17th in the point standings and was the first driver on the outside looking in. That tenure was once again short-lived for Suarez as he was out of the 41 car after just one season to make room for Cole Custer. Suarez was able to rekindle his relationship with Toyota and secure a full-time ride for 2020 but it was for the underfunded Gaunt Brothers Racing. The year was a struggle for the Mexican driver. The team failed to qualify for the Daytona 500, and Suarez had a best finish of just 18. Things started to look up for Suarez later that year when he was handpicked by Justin Marks to be the driver for the upstart Team Trackhouse. After years of struggling to find a ride, Suarez found a place he felt like home. The team showed speed in their first year as Suarez led laps in the Bristol Dirt Race and at Atlanta. But 2022 seemed like when Suarez and the team really have the opportunity to break through. Justin Marks purchased Chip Ganassi Racing and expanded track house to two cars with the addition of Ross Chastain. Both cars have showed speed early on in the season, and Suarez found himself right on the cusp of victory at Auto Club Speedway. Everyone chasing after Daniel Suarez. He's the
3: leader headed to turn four. And he runs at the bottom of the racetrack. Kyle Larson letting her ride on the
4: outside lane. Stacking up three wide for position number three for a moment. Off the corner,
7: here comes Kyle Larson. Shot out of a cannon to the bottom of the racetrack. New race leader. Suarez was then dominant early on at Circuit of the Americas, but strategy and trouble took him out of contention. Chastain and Trackhouse ultimately won that race, for the organization's first win. Chastain won again at Talladega and reached second in the point standings, but many knew Suarez's moment was still coming. And that moment finally came this past Sunday at Sonoma Raceway. Se proyecta
8: no! hacia la recta
7: principal, cruza la línea de meta,
8: recibe la bandera de cuadros y el dulce, el dulcísimo sabor del triunfo es de Daniel Suárez. Mexicanos al grito de Suárez, por fin, Diego, vean la cara del embajador latino. Claro que debe estar llorando. Mucha gente está llorando en Latinoamérica. Gracias, Daniel Suárez. Gracias Fox Sports por la posibilidad de volver a narrar. Victoria de Daniel. Ahora la primera en COP. Partner, ahí está el embajador
7: latino. That win was a historic one for Suárez as he didn't just become the first Mexican-born driver to win the Sports Premier Series, but he also is only the fifth foreign-born winner ever in the cup series victory was everything Suarez imagined it to be and he knows the significance for his country and his fans known affectionately as Daniel's Amigos
8: and I was able to see in corner one on the right there was Daniel's Amigos group there and all of them were cheering in the in the in the fence all of them were excited that fuels me you know that's energy for me and uh, and I knew that I wasn't gonna let them down uh, I was going to push and I was going to do everything in my power to make this happen. But it just, it just felt right. You know, California is like my second home. Uh, the people here are amazing to me. They, they support me a lot and, uh, you know, I just can't describe how thankful I, I am for being able to, to win the first one here in front of my people.
7: The Cup Series playoffs will no longer prove elusive for Suarez as the win likely secures his 99 team a spot in the 16-driver field. Suarez will now drive to be the first Mexican-born Cup Series champion. Sunday's win will carry significance for a long time, regardless of the final standings.
5: Thank you, Chris. Coming up, Aaron Evernham tells us the significance of the Truck Series racing in Knoxville. And later... We'll check in on where the Truck Series playoffs stand as we go into this weekend's race in
0: Iowa. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series made history last year when they raced at the infamous Knoxville Raceway for the very first time. And as the series heads back there this weekend, one driver who made history there is Erin Evernham. She was the first female to qualify for the Knoxville Nationals back in 2003. That same year, she won the World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year title. Erin tells us why this union between NASCAR and Knoxville is significant.
9: Drivers, start your engines! When the tough trucks of NASCAR roll into Knoxville this weekend, it signifies the blending of two worlds in a historic spot. NASCAR and sprint cars mix together all the time. Between drivers that run both, like a Kyle Larson, Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. And tracks that house both.
4: Think of Eldora. The
9: Eldora dirt derby at Stuart Friesen by a truck length and a half over Grant and Finger in second. But Knoxville and NASCAR haven't crossed paths until now. There's a reason Knoxville is called the sprint car capital of the world. The history here is so rich, drivers dream of racing here one day. The Marion County Fairgrounds, where the track is located in Iowa, was originally purchased to be a half-mile horse racing track in the late 1800s. The first automobile racing meets, as they were called then, were held in the late 1930s. During World War II, the racing stopped and picked up again in the early 50s for competition with hot rods, midgets, and stock cars. 1954 was the first year weekly racing was held at the Knoxville half-mile, and in 1956, marion robinson was hired to promote local racing at the track and he changed everything the stock cars being raced were turned into modifieds which is a stock car with modifications made to the engine and other key parts modifieds quickly turned into super modifieds and once this happened the cars evolved quickly with builders finding what could be changed on the cars to make it get around the track faster and by 1968 the changes had led to the sprint cars as we know them now It was Robinson who first thought of the Knoxville Nationals in 1961. It became a huge success quickly, expanding to a three-day event in a matter of years. Robinson convinced the fair board to allow wings at the Nationals to entice more drivers from the East to come and race. In 1977, Ralph Capitani was hired as race director of the Knoxville Raceway, and under his supervision, the track sanctioned the World of Outlaws in its initial season for the Knoxville Nationals of 1978. Capitani grew the Nationals to what we know it as today, a four-day gathering of the best sprint car drivers in the world. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum are also housed here, furthering the sense of history. This year, as Knoxville Nationals take place, more than 21,000 fans will watch drivers take center stage, hoping to claim that million-dollar purse. And when the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series hits the dirt track, history will be made and added to the storied grounds at Knoxville.
5: Thank you, Aaron. By the way, Aaron's still very involved in the sprint car world. You can hear Aaron and Steve post every week on their sprint car show, Winged Nation. Coming up, a check-in on where the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoff picture stands as we get closer to the cutoff race. And later, Matt Benedetto of the Truck Series will join us as well. Today's broadcast
2: is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network.
9: This
5: is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping Road Truck Series is just four races away from their playoffs beginning. And while some drivers are sitting comfortably, others have a lot of work to do to keep themselves in or bump someone out. Kurt Becker is here to break it all down for us
3: with four races remaining in the 2022 regular season, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoff picture is coming into focus. At this point, five spots remain in the playoffs as the season has only seen five winners who compete full-time in the series. Sitting atop the projected playoff standings is Zane Smith, the lone repeat winner on the season. Smith clinched his playoff spot in the season opener with a win at Daytona following that triumph with trips to Victory Lane at Circuit of the Americas and last month at Kansas. Zane Smith his Ford working the middle lane of the banking he's headed for the checkered flag the breakout season continues a dominating win tonight for Zane Smith
1: off four final time checkered flag is out and Zane Smith picks up
3: the win in the heart of America 200 at the Kansas Speedway. Current series point leader and 2021 champion Ben Rhodes is right behind Smith in the projected standings, despite being tied in playoff points. Rhodes has been solid once again this season, leading the series in stage wins with eight and getting a victory on the dirt at Bristol.
4: Rhodes right up against the outside wall. He rides the cushion through one and two, cleanly off the corner, hard on the throttle down the back straightaway. Ben Rhodes looking for checkers.
3: What a performance. He was a bridesmaid last year in this race. Not going to be the case tonight. Ben Rhodes out of turn number four. He's your winner at the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt at Bristol. Not to be outshined by the other Smith, no relation, of course, Chandler Smith is primed to be a factor come the playoff opener at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Smith sits second in the regular season standings ahead of Zane Smith and third in the projected playoff standings, thanks to nine top tens, which included a win earlier this season at Las Vegas. Now they work down the backstretch race for the lead in the win. Chandler Smith inside. Zane Smith tries to run him below the apron to no avail. Chandler Smith to the lead. He's got him by a truck length as they work off four. Zane Smith will make a final try. He looks to the high side. Not close enough to mount a challenge at the line. Chandler Smith. Wins in Las Vegas. John Hunter Nemacek was the class of the Camping World Truck Series throughout the 2021 regular season, winning five times and even outdueling his boss, Kyle Bush, on occasion on his way to becoming the regular season champion. But Nemacek was shut out of victory lane during the playoffs falling short of the ultimate prize it has not been the same kind of dominant stretch for Niemicek in 2022 he has three stage wins to date along with eight top tens and five top five finishes but he has just one victory which means he was relieved when he finally did return to victory lane at Darlington relief there's definitely excitement there but definitely more relief um just from the
4: finishes that we had to, to start the year Bob it it didn't didn't seem like we were the still the team that we were. Um, we were fast. We were leading laps. We were winning stages, but we weren't finishing where we needed to. And um, I feel like we finally had the ship turned the right way and sailing the right way.
3: It has been a winding road for Stuart Friesen the past few years. There have been plenty of ups and downs for the 38-year-old as he's had to scratch and claw his way through the Truck Series in a dual role as driver and owner. In fact. Friesen entered the season having gone winless over the past two campaigns. Finally, the breakthrough came last month at Texas.
5: Here they come out of turn number two. It's Stuart Friesen with the lead. He'll lead by half a truck length. Christian Eckes has got one final shot to get him back. It's all. Stuart Friesen as he slides at the racetrack. And
4: now Christian Eckes looks to the bottom. Friesen will block that lane. Checkered flag in the air. Stuart Friesen wins the speedy cash.com 220 at Texas
3: Motor Speedway. The win has all but sealed Friesen's return to the playoffs.
4: I certainly hope so. It's been uh a trying three years, you know, building this with, with, with Chris and Edward Hellmeyer and, and Tripp and you know, moving John to crew chief last year was a was a strong move for us. It let Tripp focus on everything else, uh, in the business and um or in the organization. So it's been it's been tough. You know, we've had some good trucks, but we really you know, especially lately, we haven't been able to put a whole race together for whatever reason. We've been fast in parts, but, but not the whole thing. And, you know, tonight we, we came out, we practiced strong, we, we time trialed very strong, and then um, obviously raced strong. So uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of long hours are, are paying off and, uh, and we can keep the momentum going. So um, it's good. You know, back when we were with GMS and got a couple wins in 2019, uh, you know, they came late in the year. So it's nice to get one during this stretch. And, uh, and something we can build off of.
3: Rounding out the final five spots in the projected playoff 10 are Ty Majeski, Christian Ekas, Carson Hosevar, Grant Enfinger, and three time series champion Matt Crafton. Of those five, Ekas likely feels that he's been the closest to securing his spot. Ekas holds runner up finishes at both Worldwide Technology Raceway and Texas this season, both near misses that, while frustrating, could also leave him feeling encouraged about his team's performance.
10: I wish we could uh, redo a couple of them at the, at the end of the races, but uh, just overall, so super proud of everybody at Thor Sport Racing for uh, bringing fast trucks, uh, executing well the past couple weeks and uh running how we should be um like i said i wish i wish we could redo a couple of them because uh akasha came out two of the last three while leading with two three to go so it is what it is though just just really proud of everybody like i said and uh we'll move on from here
3: Meanwhile, Carson Josevar, currently eighth in the projected postseason standings, returned to the Tough Trucks this past weekend at Sonoma, only days removed from having surgery on his tibia due to a crash at Worldwide Technology Raceway to post a sixth-place finish with help from Daniel Suarez driving in relief. Currently on the outside looking in are Tanner Gray, Matt DiBenedetto, Derek Krauss, Tyler Ankrum, and Chase Purdy. DiBenedetto, racing full-time in the Truck Series for the first time in his career, hasn't spent much time looking at the point standings lately, as his focus remains on winning a race in order to secure his spot in the playoffs.
10: I'll be honest, I really haven't even looked at the points in a, a long time, because uh, uh, I've just been focused on on getting a race win, we've had some tough circumstances, some rough luck, just it's been crazy, a crazy first part of the season, you know, cut tire when we're on good Charlotte, this, that, it just seems like it's been one thing after another, but um, but we've also been cleaning things up and had some smoother races uh, to go along with that. Recently, as people have seen, we're still lacking a little bit of speed, you know, but we can run up there a top five, top 10. If we have a good handling truck. So we're really making the most, I think we're making more um, of our stuff here lately, but I I think uh, to answer your question, race win is 100% absolutely the focus.
3: Knoxville, Nashville, Mid-Ohio, and the tricky triangle of Pocono Raceway all await as five spots are up for grabs in the playoff 10 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Thank you, Kurt. Those four races coming up involve
5: Knoxville this weekend, Nashville the following week, Mid-Ohio, and the regular season finale will be at Pocono on Saturday July 23rd. Coming up, we'll check in with Matt De Benedetto and later we'll celebrate Father's Day. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live, the NASCAR Cup Series, and the NASCAR Xfinity series. Off this weekend, the NASCAR Camping Road Truck Series will take center stage in Knoxville, Iowa, and Knoxville Raceway for the Clean Harbors 150. One gentleman we anticipate to be in the mix matt de benedetto who joins us now on the zoom hotline welcome back to nascar live matt how we doing
10: doing excellent man how about you
5: doing fantastic obviously coming back from the west coast getting ready for a dirt race this weekend at knoxville first of all walk me through the twists and turns of a truck race at sonoma where would you uh where would you put that race for you guys on sunday or on saturday over the weekend
10: yeah it was a brutal one at points uh I think uh, we, you know, we had some trouble in practice. We had a rear end brake, so we just got a few laps, had to fix that. Um, And then after that, qualifying, we were just too loose, but I knew we had a decent truck, so got that good for the race. And um, yeah, in the race, we were, I'd say about a, man, like a sixth to seventh place truck maxed out. That was kind of where the old truck had her tongue hanging out, and that was about all it had. Um, in it, but it was driving great. That was just all the speed we had. We just got little things. We're gonna keep tweaking on to try and get some more speed out of her. But, um, but yeah, then it was we had a uh, an uncontrolled tire, little issue when we were going to catch the tire, and that made us. We had to go to the back, and you know it's tough driving through the whole field. So then had to drive back up through there. Um, got into uh, Stewart Friesen, I was stuck behind him for a while, and kind of wheel hopped in him. So it was just. Uh, it was a bit of a mess of a race, and then we got back to a, uh, I thought we were going to get back to a sixth or seventh place finish. Um, but when I was on the outside of John Hunter, he kind of stuffed us in the dirt, it pushed us back, and we finished tenth. So that's the quick synopsis.
5: <laughs> You've been in the NASCAR Cup Series. The Truck Series has a reputation of being very aggressive, rough and tumble, you know, bare-knuckle racing. What is your take on now being in the middle of that before you would observe it, but now you're at ground zero. You're in the middle of that. What, in your opinion, is the reputation of the truck series and the racing that it provides these days?
10: Yeah, I think, uh, man, I don't even know if TV does it justice until you're strapped in uh, strapped in the truck and racing around the whole field. of how, how much from lap one on, it's just like the drop of the green fly for qualifying. I mean, it feels like we're on the white flag pretty much every single lap you're out there. So I think it's fun. I enjoy it and where I see, you know, it's a good opportunity, especially for a smaller team like ours where we're, you know, a little on a lesser budget than some of the big teams and all, I think it allows us opportunities to um, try and use our experience to just minimize mistakes compared to, you know, other guys in the field maybe. And that's what's, you know, gets us, man, if we have a truck that I'm like, ah, it really feels like a 12th place truck and we end up you know, like at St. Louis at Gateway where we finished sixth with it. you know, I think it's allowed us as we've hit our rhythm a little bit better to maximize our days just by lesser mistakes uh, than others in the field.
5: You obviously have had to recalibrate yourself because you're racing in the Truck Series, a series that's off on Sunday. You get your Sundays back where otherwise before you would be busy working on Sundays in the Cup Series. What has it been like making the adjustment from the Cup Series to the Truck Series, the aggressive racing that you just described What's that adjustment been like in general for you?
10: Yeah, I would say on the competition side, it's been an adjustment for me being like, hey, pick and choose your battles on track and don't maybe not put yourself in some vulnerable positions that you would in the Cup Series because maybe, you you know, you trust uh, being in a vulnerable position around, let's say, Denny Hamlin or something compared to somebody who's maybe first year in the Truck Series. Rightfully so, nothing against that person, just different experience levels. So... Um, I would say from the competition side, really have to be mentally, you know, focused on that. And on a personal side, the truck series schedule and all that just totally spoils you. So <laughs> it's great. Uh, the atmosphere is laid back. It's so much fun. It's it feels a little more like reminds me of my old Saturday night short track racing days. That's more of the environment. Um, so I love that part of it. And uh, you know, your personal schedule is is nice. You have a good balance of some off weekends um, to give you a little time to miss it. But then you're back at it. The schedule's great. Um, my wife and I get time. We get to go to church together each Sunday. That's, you know, been totally different. Just be like, what is this whole home on Sundays thing? This is weird. Never done this. So overall, across the board, it's excellent.
5: Chatting with Matt Benedetto. With that being said, as we work our way through the middle stages of this season, we're getting news that there may be a cup ride open here, cup ride open there. Do you have aspirations to get on the path? Back to the Cup Series, would you entertain any of the Cup rides that may come available for 2023?
10: Um, yeah, you know, I've uh, what I've learned the best way I can answer is over the course of all these years, I've I've kind of all throughout the years been like, oh, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do this, I would, you know, maybe entertain this, but not this. What I'm getting at is kind of I've looked at it like I, 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 me, 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 you know, like I think this, I think this. But I look back at my whole career and I'm like, man, I couldn't have scripted that whole thing. It was crazy if I wasn't in this place at this time, and this did not go the direction that I had thought or intended, and this was totally different than I thought, you know? So what I'm getting at is, moral of the story is, my plan is that I have no plan other than trusting God's plan and I'll kinda, I'm cruising through it, enjoying what I'm I'm doing. And moving forward, um, whatever happens, happens and i'll have that discernment when the time the time comes but i'm just kind of open book at this point
5: how long did it take you to get to that point because race car drivers are typically type a personalities that want to be in control of this to know the next step know what's coming next or dictate the next step to step back and kind of take it as it goes that's to me quite the adjustment how long did it take you to get there
10: Oh man, about 29 years, <laughs> about my whole life, because uh, I'll be honest, I'm about one of the, I've been uh, one of the biggest control freaks you, you met, like, of, of just, you know, you want a plan and you want to have a plan and a backup plan for this plan and that, that's that been, me and racing, but then I realized like goodness, I've never been in control. I'm not in control. I'm in control of, you know, working as hard as I can and pursuing all the opportunities, but what's the path that's actually gonna happen? That's, that's by more, uh, that's by divine nature. So um, it's been a miracle from God himself to even take a crazy controlling personality like me and be like, hey, just chill, and and you know, and I'm in the spot, a perfect spot. I'm really thankful to be where I'm. I'm at driving for Rackley War and racing in the Truck Series because it was a blessing in disguise. It really has renewed so much passion and fun for racing that I I needed and didn't realize that I needed as much as I did. So I just have a smile on my face every week. I love my team. If they want me back, then I'm back. I, I enjoy it. They're they're like family, and I'm. Uh, loyal to them, I'm committed to them, and they committed to me, so that's where my heart lies. If they want me, I have a hold in there, um, and I really enjoy it. I'm just thankful for how it's all worked out.
5: and I'm sure that puts a lot of smiles on a lot of your fans' faces to hear that. Um, speaking of smiles or lack thereof, Truck Series is headed back to the dirt this weekend. Knoxville Raceway, legendary racetrack, means a lot to the sprint car world. Trucks are going to take another try at it. Clean Harbors 150. Give us a little preview about what we can expect. There's a little rough and tumble there towards the end last year. Everybody was on the edge and on the chip. What can we expect when we go green this weekend in Knoxville?
10: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be learning that a little bit myself this week because I'm going to go back and watch the races from, from last year to do my homework since I've never been to Knoxville. But I uh, do remember it being quite brutal, and the, the ultimate way to pass was run them over and knock them out of the way. <laughs> so... So you may see some of that, but I think a lot of it's going to just depend on the track prep. You know, I know they're going to want to get the track prep as two grooved as they can. So they'll probably work on honing that in from, from last year. It just seems like they get better each time we do one of these dirt races, At putting on a better show. So excited to see how that shakes out, but, uh, definitely right now, as, as, I'm stu- as I study last year's race, it would be woo, just, uh, goal number one, survive,
5: <laughs> Pull those belts tight, hang on. and. Hope you make it to the end. Appreciate you joining us. Pleasure catching up, giving us the insight of the series and the season and things of that nature. We'll look forward to seeing you and the rest of the truck series on track Saturday at Knoxville. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Matt Benedetto. Coming up, we're going to celebrate Father's Day weekend by highlighting father-son racing duos in NASCAR. And later, we'll have this week in NASCAR history.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Father's Day is a big weekend to honor all the dads out there. Here at NASCAR, we wanted to honor all the father-son duos who have raced in NASCAR. Kyle Ricky is here with more.
1: Successful father-son duos are nothing new to NASCAR's top series. Some of the most famous families in the sport, like the Earnhards and the Petties, had multiple generations of successful drivers. With Father's Day coming up this weekend, We thought it would be the perfect time to take a look at the current crop of second-generation drivers in the Cup Series and their famous fathers.
6: And here comes Bill Elliott as he'll pick up the Winston Cup championship that he has worked so very hard for. Mike Joy has been with the Elliott clan all afternoon. Well, it's been tense all day, but now, you know, it's a big celebration. I think about 15 laps ago, they started to breathe a little easier, counting the cars left on the racetrack and the ones many laps down. But it never over until Harold throws that flag. And now, finally, after a tremendous season in 85 and everything but the Winston Cup championship, Bill Elliott and his crew now truly have cause, along with all of North Georgia, to celebrate.
5: Here he comes off turn number two, up off the bottom to the back straightaway, and now he'll ease it into turn three, looking for a win and a championship. Hendrick Motorsports
4: and driver Chase Elliott looking for the checkered flag. It's out. Chase Elliott wins at Phoenix. Chase Elliott scores the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series Championship.
1: This duo has the potential to be known as the most successful father-son pair when all is said and done. Chase Elliott is currently one of the biggest stars in the sport. He picked up his championship in 2020 and is currently the point leader in the Cup Series. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville won the Cup Series Championship in 1988 and has 44 victories, including six in crown jewel races elliott was the man of the people he was named most popular driver 16 times in his career a moniker that now belongs to chase ryan blaney by a car length and a half over Kevin
3: Harvick looking to bring the Wood Brothers to victory lane for the first time at Pocono in a long time. He has the lead coming off turn number three. He holds the lead to the line and 23-year-old Ryan Blaney will score his first career win here at Pocono Raceway today. The Wood Brothers making their 60th start here. Ryan Blaney making his third and he scores the win the Pocono 400. Ryan
1: Blaney is also following in his father's footsteps steps. Blaney has emerged as one of the most popular drivers in the series and most recently won the All-Star Race. His father, Dave, had 473 career starts in the Cup Series and one win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series back in 2006. The Ohio native is still a successful sprint car racer to this day. Riley Herbst all the way to the inside. The momentum on the high side for Harrison Burton. Burton hangs on to the advantage off turn number four in his 12th series start. In his first start here at Auto Club Speedway, Harrison Burton wins the production Alliance Group 300.
4: Off the corner, turn four. The window net is down. Jeff Burton is waving his hand out the window at the crowd. The checkered and yellow flags wave at the same time. Burton scores the 50th running of the Pepsi Southern 500 leading his brother Ward to the finish line. race shortened because of rain. Harrison Burton is a rookie in the NASCAR
1: Cup Series, driving for one of the most iconic families in the sport, the Wood Brothers. But Burton is no stranger to famous racing families, as his dad, uncle, and cousin are all NASCAR winners. Burton won four times in the Xfinity Series before his move to the Cup cars, while his dad, Jeff, won 21 times in his Cup Series career including the Southern 500 and Coca-Cola 600. The mayor also won 27 times in the Xfinity Series in his storied career. Chastain gets a run. He does. Up the racetrack goes Gilliland. They're side-by-side. Harrison Burton now gets in and turns around that truck. Chastain will hold on to second at the front of the field, looking for the checkered flag
6: for the first time is Todd Gilliland. First-time winner at Martinsville Speedway for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Todd Gilliland wins as they're piling it up in turn
4: four. Gilliland half a lap away from his first career. NASCAR Busch Series win off turn
1: four for the final time in Kentucky. In his 68th series start, he'll be picking up a victory. J.J. Ailey tried, can't do it. Gilliland gets the win. David Gilliland picks up the victory, his very first in his infrequent starts in the NASCAR Busch Series. David Gilliland gets the victory. They are dancing in his pit area as he holds off Yaley, who made one last-ditch effort to try and get a win in his 68th start. He couldn't do it, and Gilliland hangs on for the victory. Burton isn't the only rookie with a famous father. Front-row motorsports driver Todd Gilliland also has a prestigious pedigree. Gilliland went to victory lane twice in his truck series career before making the jump to cup. His dad, David, jumped on the scene when he scored one of the bigger upsets in the Xfinity Series history at Kentucky Speedway in 2006. Gilliland used that victory as a springboard into a Cup Series career where he was somewhat of a super speedway ace, winning the pole for the 2007 Daytona 500 and pushing Furniture Row Racing teammate David Reagan to an upset win at Talladega. These four young guns won't be the only second-generation drivers in the Cup Series for long, with drivers like John Hunter Nemechek and Jeff Burton racing in the Xfinity and Truck Series, and even younger stars like Kyle Busch's son, Brexton, Kevin Harvick's son, Keelan, and Kyle Larson's son, Owen, already getting started on their racing dreams. This piece might be worth revisiting 10 years down the road.
5: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it's time to hit the books again. Susie Armstrong is here with a history lesson for us with This Week in NASCAR History.
0: One,
11: young men, single, and free. Thank you, sir. 1971. The Honeycomb found the sweet spot atop the Billboard Hot 100 with the million selling single Want Ads. The New York Times published excerpts from classified documents detailing the lengthy Vietnam conflict known as the Pentagon Papers. And Bobby Allison won the battle and the war at Michigan Speedway, claiming the checkers in the Motor State 400. It's gonna be the lap that counts
9: right here. This is the one that pays the money with Bobby Allison sitting out front. Here's Isaac closes
6: right on his bumper as they come into turn three. Kenny slingshot him, he's closing it up. He's on his bumper,
2: dropping to the inside groove as they come off turn four. He's up the long side again, hitting
5: for you, Ken. They come to a lap automobile. Here's Allison in front, using the lap car. Isaac gets nose in Bobby Allison wins it. He used the lap car, Cecil Gordon
2: beautifully. Was on the inside and Allison put the squeeze play on. Isaac will have to settle for second place. A fantastic finish. Bobby Allison wins it. Bobby Isaac in the Dodge takes second.
11: 1999 fledgling superstar Jennifer Lopez made her record debut with the hit single If You Had My Love. Austin Powers The Spy Who Shagged Me rallies at the box office besting Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And Dale Jarrett was a Jedi Master at Michigan driving to Victory Lane in the Kmart 400.
3: Martin scoots out of the way. Dale Jarrett moves around him to the high side with Jeff Gordon some seven car lengths behind in second. And now Dale Jarrett heads for the checkered flag. 200 laps
4: made up today's race. Dale Jarrett will have led 150 of them as he comes off of turn number four down to the start-finish line. It'll be his second win of the 99 season. Crowd on their feet. A round of applause for Dale Jarrett. He takes the checkered flag and wins the Kmart 400
3: at Michigan. (laughs) Mr. 305 checking in for the remix. You know, they had that 75 Street Brazil. Well, this year's gonna be called Cayocho. Calle que ola <laughs> Cada, que ola omega. And this is how we're gonna do it. 1, 2, 3, I know
8: you want me, you know I want to I want you.
11: 2009, Armando Christian Perez, a.k.a. Pitbull, kept the hip-hop hits coming with the smash single, I Know You Want Me. The World Health Organization declares H1N1 swine flu a global pandemic, the first in four decades. And Mark Martin was a magic man at Michigan, leading the lap that counted in the LifeLock 400.
5: Jimmy Johnson, not a factor. Mark Martin is catching Greg Pitbull. Biffle. Pitbull's out of gas. Here comes Mark. Track. Martin takes the lead in turn number three. Final time through. Greg Biffle's fuel cell comes up dry, and now Mark
3: Martin is off the pace in turn number four. Mark is slow, takes his car all the way to the bottom of the racetrack, trying to limp back to the start finish line and win. What an eventful final lap in the Lifelock 400. Mark Martin is going to win for the third time this year. Jimmy Johnson runs out of gas. Greg Biffle takes over. He runs out of fuel, and Mark Martin is going to Gatorade Victory Lane.
11: And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history.
5: Thank you, Susie. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate Aaron Everham for stopping by, along with Matt Benedetto. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us as well. We'll talk to you this weekend from Knoxville, Iowa, and, of course, right here next week, again, for our weekly NASCAR Live get-together. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the
2: Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.